0: you know she gone be-
1: And you're listening to what she said right here on 105.9 The Region. And I've brought in Amber again because she's always fun to have for my intros. Yeah, I are love you, this. I have to ask you, are you a fan of Valentine's Day?
2: Um, I have been and I have not been. So right. I've been on both sides. So I'm okay with it. I don't, I don't necessarily right. need it. But sure, why not? Well, you know, I'm a fan.
1: I'm not a fan of it in general. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a fan of ingenious marketing. Okay. In and around it. I love this stuff. So... The one that came out last year was the best. The El Paso Zoo. I don't know if you've heard this. They had a a program where you could buy a cockroach and name it after your ex. (laughs) And they would feed it to a meerkat.
2: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's just... (laughs) And they're doing it again this year. That's
1: like death. Well, it was so popular last year that they're doing it again this year for 2020. 2020. And they've expanded it from meerkats to other animals within the zoo oh my god it is absolutely brilliant they call it the quit bugging me
2: okay <laughs> program
1: <laughs> and it says get some closure submit your ex's name and then they actually will tell you when they're feeding your ex
2: the really you can actually monitor your ex getting yes, eaten yeah, alive yes
1: it's 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 brilliant brilliant marketing I think it's a lot of fun. And okay. then the other one that w- I thought was so fantastic is Hotel Zed. Okay. 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 So it's in. Uh, they have hotels in Victoria and Kelowna, and you can book on Valentine's Day what they call the Nooner. The the Nooner. Hubba hubba. Spooner Nooner.
2: <laughs> like the Spooner Nooner. Well, what kind
1: of Nooner? Like the Nooner. I don't think we need to say what kind of Nooner. I think oh know my gosh, what so kind is of nooner. nooner? It's a total Nooner, and you book it only. They say it's four hours. I don't think you are going to need four hours. I mean, honestly, who needs four hours? Let's be honest here. I think, honestly, you should be able to book according to stamina rates. So, like fifteen, half an hour, yeah, forty-five would be the max. Well, you're you know what? I
3: would have other things to do in my day.
1: I but be yes, here is, <laughs> yeah, four hours is way too much time. It's to too commit. much time. <laughs> I really let's go. <laughs> but the brilliant, brilliant part of the nooner is this. This is the best part, as far as I am concerned. If if you conceive a child. And have a baby nine months later, you get free hotel stays for 18 years at Hotel Z.
2: No way. That's the best. So you'd be trying for that, I would imagine.
1: Well, let's hope that you would want one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And then you'd have to prove it, I guess, too.
1: Well, yeah. I think you have to show, like, the actual child.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, and then if you don't have a really good time, you could... Go back to the first thing, well, feed the cockroach to the mirror cat. Well, let's not
1: forget that half the fun is trying, right? That's true. So I think it's brilliant marketing. So if anybody is on the West Coast, uh, <laughs> they should definitely be booking in the Nooner at Hotel Zed. I think it's brilliant. The Nooner. Yeah. Oh, and also I have a Twitter party coming up. Oh. Do You what? know what
2: a Twitter party is? No, So but I'm, giving
1: I'm a, in. W- I'm giving away a trip for I'm in. two with Sunwing Vacations. It's to Las Brisas, Wateluco. So you need to follow me on Twitter at my alter ego at Candice underscore dx.
3: I'm in. It's Can amazing. I win? Can I? I guess I couldn't from here. Can
1: I? Well, sorry. Uh-huh. But come and come and join in the fun anyway. It's fun. Okay. To, it's fun to give away a trip. It is fun. Okay, coming up on the show today, we have Rebecca Eckler. Uh, she is here to tell us all about blending families and unblending them. Oh. We have oh. a book. Yes. Oh.
2: It swears too. It's, there's some swears in it, <laughs> love it. in
1: the title. Uh, but you have to also go subscribe to uh, What She Said Talk with Candace Sampson on right. Apple and Spotify because we actually do a separate podcast with Rebecca this week that's really important. It's about uh, moms and, and women in general having mental breakdowns and oh. how to deal with that. Yeah. Um, also coming up, we have, uh, we've been warned not to dip into our RRSPs, given the tax implications. Uh, but Dillis DeCruz from Meridian Credit Union is saying there are some times when it's actually okay.
2: Okay. So she's going to share I've that. I've done it. I've done it for, to
1: buy my house. First time home. That's yeah. one, of the, one of the things we talk about. And did you know that 1 in 12 Canadian adults age 20 and over have cardiovascular heart disease? They've been diagnosed no, with heart disease. Yes, that's so, troubling. Yes, it is. So we're going to talk about that with with Amgen. Uh, Ann Brody is here to tell us what to watch and what not to. And uh, we have a Filipina Canadian rapper, Han Han, joining us, who is also a uh, operating room nurse. Oh wow! So she is okay. a superwoman. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, a it's lot. amazing. More energy than I have. Be sure to follow us on social media. You can find all the links and watch today's interviews on talk.com and check out our new and improved podcast on Apple and Spotify. It's free. Free. Yes. yes, just search What She Said with Candace Sampson, hit subscribe and listen on the go. I've been burned for the
0: last time. time, time, time. I've been burned for the last time.
4: I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages.
0: And they told me that
1: variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that you could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor too.
0: So let's get a
1: a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch.
4: Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. I'm not the one
1: Rebecca Eckler is the executive editor of SavvyMom.ca, one of Canada's largest parenting resource sites. She's also the author of 10 incredible books. Known for her rawness and complete honesty in everything she shares, her latest book is called Blissfully Blended Bull. Welcome to What She Said, Rebecca.
5: Thanks for having me.
1: When you started writing this book, (laughs) which is a memoir with a lot of humor, uh, what were you looking to achieve by sharing your story of being in a blended family?
5: Well... It was interesting because when we blended, I and my now ex, we discussed nothing. We had the love goggles on. I had um, a daughter from a previous uh, relationship and I had found him. I was just he was supposed to be a one night stand, actually, (laughs) to tell you the truth. That's all he was supposed to be. You know, that saying how to get over someone quickly is to get under someone and at that point i was like yes okay sometimes it does kind of work to be honest so anyway he was only supposed to be a one night stand um and that actually turned into a relationship and he had two daughters at that time they were 11 and 9 and my daughter was 7 um and so we dated and then like within two years like His kids had moved in 50% of the time, and we had a baby together. Okay, So I have a son from one daddy and a daughter from another daddy. But interesting, my son has three sisters, two from another mother, and one from another father. Right. The math is hard to do (laughs) in blended families. It's very confusing. (laughs) So definitely a lot of blending going on here. So there were so many variations of relationships, like who had to get along with who, and do you discipline your kids that aren't your own, which I don't feel comfortable doing at all, and a lot of tattletaling goes back and forth because they don't feel comfortable Coming to me, and I was so not prepared for any of that. I was pregnant, uh, love goggles on. We were all happy until we weren't happy, which I found interesting because, as I was doing the research, they said everyone in a blended family, uh, kind of finds their place after like two years. Okay, everyone finds their roles, but for us, it got worse after two two years to five years. It got terrible. Like his, you know, um, it didn't matter what it was, you know, he didn't like, you know, the, my daughter coming into the room every night saying good night. And of course, it's like my daughter, I raised her like, you know, on my own, we have such a close bond. Like no one is going to be a prior, I have to be honest, as a mother, no one is going to be a priority over my kids. Like right. And... Also, I realize there's this huge demographic out there of people getting divorced, which is nothing new. We know that. But at a certain age, and I would say like, let's say 35, 38 older, most likely you are going to be dating someone who is also divorced and has kids. kids. So you will be blending. And this is kind of like, this is a juicy story, I will say, because I, I am very candid in it. But the narrative did change because when I started writing the book, we were still together. Then halfway through, we imploded. Like we could just, we were arguing every single day in front of the kids and I didn't even realize how bad it was until like after, you know, he had moved out. Um, So the book became like, you know the first most of it is about blending and all these Mm -hmm. issues like the high buy fight which is you know who says hi when they come in first to like grocery shops how he he would like my ex would like go out and like buy all these great groceries when his only when his kids were around but when like it was just me and my daughter he'd be like here's some like spaghetti here you go you know like just little things that Turn into huge things, right? The right. Little things, things that don't get you dealt with. Don't think about going into it. And money things—that was a big issue of ours. We could never quite figure out uh, the money situation. Um, his kids at that point—I were still going through, you know, their parents being divorced. Let alone moving half of their time to another woman's. My house right. with my daughter. Yeah. Right. And so I do say, listen, I, come a, I don't come across as all peachy and roses in this book either. I've made many mistakes. I could do, do all, I, if I could, I would have redone a lot of things. So unfortunately, this is not mm-hmm. something I is, is a, a do over. It's more of a like learning lesson. Right. So if you were sitting in a room
1: with a woman who was about to have families blend, what advice would you give
5: her? I honestly think, aside from discussing every possible thing, and I mean every possible thing, you have to be the type of person, you have to really self-reflect and ask yourself this question. Do you have a big enough heart to take in other people's children, knowing that they may not like you, they may never like you, they may disrespect you, and the other parent is mostly going to uh, side with their children or stick up for their children. You have to be a very open-hearted um, person to go through all of that. You, and it, I will admit, I don't think my heart was big enough, like, or I'm not the right type of personality big enough to to always have felt like, not his number one priority, right? And now it's, you know, I'll say it now. Unblending is really hard, and I will. That's my next question. So, so,
1: what advice would you give for somebody?
5: Well, unblending? first of all, if let's say the divorce statistics are fifty percent, as they always, you know, give or take, whatever mm-hmm. the divorce rate for third marriages or blended families is 73 percent so the stats are not on our side to begin with because of all the bs in blissfully blended b (laughs) s that i write in my memoir um yeah it was totally hard so at present think about it i have a son um who has two sisters related by blood who i only well I actually saw her the other day because she dropped him off and we had a nice little chat other than that the odd birthday text Mm -hmm. that's it Um, his mother won't talk to me um, and likewise my daughter has no relationship with my son's other sisters. Is that something? Sense. Right. So my and they son were stepsisters threes- for a time. Yes, yeah, so that's right. right. They were in each other's lives for seven years. Mm-hmm. So my daughter has no relationship with my ex, the son, mm-hmm. like her brother's, like father. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I think the hardest thing about that is just like the unblending part is like getting to the part where you 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 can say this is so bad. This is not working out. Mm-hmm. We can't argue every day like this. And in fact, I asked my daughter and it, it, it broke my heart. And this makes me cry. When I say, you know, she went through a period where she was very anxious and stressed out. And she told me afterwards, I like, you know, we, I'm close. I'm a mother who likes to talk about everything and anything with her kids. So we're pretty candid with each other. And she said, I think most of the stress I was going through was because you two were arguing every day. Not only that, she actually thought that was a normal relationship. She Mm -hmm. thought fighting every day was a normal relationship. Mm -hmm. That was like a knife times a million to my heart. But then she said, but then I realized actually there are other happy like couples out there I I see them so she's good on that but what also was interesting is my son so he was what was he I think he was about four three 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 to four when we imploded and to him Having two houses was normal. How insane is that? Because he watched his sisters go off with their mother, and he's watched my daughter go off with her father. So to him, having two houses was completely normal. Like, how insane is that? So it's not just the.
1: It's not just your you know two people who fall in love. You have other people under you who need to also connect and get together. So is there is it better for people to wait until children are grown? Like is are is your chance of remarrying better when children are moved out and on their own and it's just you're back to being sort of single again
5: well like i'm gonna i'm not an expert i'm not a therapist but um i'd move so i am happily dating a guy now people don't understand like when a book comes out from the time you put your book into the by the time it actually hits the shelves there's a lot there's almost a year long right. period so i'm very happily in a relationship but and my so slowly this time, because I know how much I effed up in blissfully blended bullshit. So I'm doing all the things right. That being said, my guys' kids don't live at home anymore. They're they're in their 20s. So, mm. but I always say, like for example, my ex was dating a woman um, who didn't have kids, and she professed that she didn't want kids. Well, they dated, they dated, and my son detested her, mm. whatever reason. Who, he's seven. He just turned seven, so his vocabulary—he can't really articulate the words. He hated her, made it very clear that he hated her, and my ex was like, i he needs—he needs help." I'm like, "No, no, no, my son doesn't need help. You and your girlfriend need to figure out mm-hmm. um, how just coping, like skills, for right. you guys to be." happy in front of him mm-hmm. so you know luckily you know for both my children when I got divorced they were three so the divorce at earlier age I think is actually better right blending not so much not so, I don't even know if it matters I I just think in some instances the kids are never going to like you right. and you just you can't force people to like you you can't force people to love you right you can ask for civility you can ask for respect but you can't force love that is 100% sh- certain and i do get into love and does you know do i love my bio kids as much as i love my step kids in fact my uh ex my now ex mother-in-law actually said out loud to me oh like pretty much that she liked loved my son better than my daughter because he was related to her by DNA. Right. Listen, it was like a. It's like one of those slips that you say that you should be like, right. maybe thinking, but you don't say. But she actually said it out loud. And she was, to give her credit, she was mortified. I was like, Mama, you poked right. Mama Bear, right? right? Like, you just said something that. Okay, we all kind of know this is true, but you don't say it to the mother. Right. Right? So for more, we're going to send people to Blissfully
1: Blended Bullshit, and they can get it in any bookstore, I'm assuming, uh, and online.
5: Yeah, and uh, on Amazon.ca or Amazon.com. Wonderful. And then we're going
1: to give a copy away on our Instagram. Oh, great. Yay. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Thank you. all been warned not to dip into our RSPs given the tax implications and loss of the contribution room, but my next guest says that there are some cases where you may want to consider withdrawing from your RSP. Dillis DeGroos is the Vice President of Wealth at Meridian Credit Union and is here with me in studio. Welcome back to the show, Dillis.
2: Great to be here.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to meet you. Yeah. I know that Kate and Christine have uh, done a bunch of interviews with you, but I'm excited to meet you. So we all know the benefits of contributing to your RSP. Great. Right. As a great vehicle to plan for retirement. Uh, not only do you get to defer tax um, on any growth that happens within the RSP, but you also get the benefit of reducing your current taxable benefit right That's right yeah yeah so what are, what are some of the cases you said where people may want to consider withdrawing from their
2: RSP? right okay so let me go on record to say I'm not advocating that you <laughs> go in there and withdraw because your RSP is a long-term investment right and you really start out with the intent of using it for retirement but like I like to say life happens and things along the way can happen where um, maybe you've gone through a job loss maybe you've or gone... a divorce or a divorce we'll talk about that <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know maybe you're going through some financial hardship and I know that um, there's this big um, fear of dipping into your RSP but there are some reasons and there are some programs that allow you to do that we will talk about if you've gone through some hardship what you should do but I want to talk about the programs that enable you to go in. And so the first one a lot of people know about is the first-time homebuyers plan. And so the great news on that plan is it used to be 20000 25000 It's now 35000 that oh, you great. can... Yeah, the government just uh, upped that uh, for 2020. So 35000 if you're married, two you can withdraw, that's 70000 So So um, the, the catch there is you have to pay it back in 15 years, which isn't a catch. You take it out right. tax-free, you're paying yourself back. And so... Um, with the way house prices are today, it's a great way to start saving. You put in your RSP, you take the tax deduction, you don't pay tax on the growth, and then when you need it for your house, you take it out tax-free as long as you pay it Seems back pretty over pretty It's pretty smart. So mm-hmm. definitely the way to go. Now, what I did want to say is uh, with the new uh, budget that was announced this was this is a really good news story that if you've gone through a divorce Mm -hmm. you can actually use the home buyers uh, plan to go in there and buy a house and I think that's Mm -hmm. fantastic it
1: is fantastic as somebody currently going through a divorce I think it's great news yeah yeah
2: yeah, because you know financially divorce impacts uh, both sides and then you found then you're on the other side saying I want to buy a house Mm -hmm. I'm kind of wiped out here but I have this money in my RSP you couldn't do that before and now you can do that so I think that's a brilliant move by the government so is
1: that new this year that you this can do year, this year 2020 so oh, fabulous. Yeah, yeah
2: I think that's a wonderful thing so okay. I highly encourage that and and the other thing is is it's a great way for young people and I really encourage young people to start investing so here I am talking about withdrawing from your RSP but I really encourage people as soon as they get a new job when uh, mm-hmm. they get out of school and they get a job start investing in your RSP I know it's hard for Young millennials, or they're probably Gen Zs, right? Um, to start thinking about um, investing in an RSP, but because you can use it for buying a house it's the way to go
1: I think retirement seems so far off when you're right. that young yeah. right but honestly you're right it's for even for um, buying a home yes which yeah. is not so far off right and a lot of you know I know my 17 year old probably can't wait to get out of the house Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. so I can go home and tell her, hey you can save for a house yeah and, and you
2: kind of detach that retirement thing from it but yet you have it in the plan that's right so another uh, time you might want to dip into it is is let's say you want to go back to school so that you're not a student oh am I talking to you? <laughs> I went Divorce back to school. Back to school. Right. Um, I'm, so, I'm, your, I'm your client. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. So if you want to go back to school, there's the lifelong learning program and you can take a, out to, uh, up to $20,000 over a two-year period oh, to go excellent. back to school. Now, if you're coupled up and you're married, your spouse can contribute to that too. So you can actually get $40,000. Um, and the nice thing is, is that uh, you have 10 years to pay that off. Uh, once you've paid it off, you can keep redoing it. So if you kept wanting to go back to school, you can keep dipping in there. Now, again, you don't want to keep doing that because you're, invest- you're invested for the long term. But again, it's how great is that to know that if you wanted to go back to school and you're in, in a program, you can actually I think that. it's.
1: I think it's amazing uh, because I think for a lot of people they get to a certain age and they they thought oh, well i want to go back to school but yeah. i can't afford it right. you know and so they, they can't see their way through it but this right. is such a great way through awesome. it
2: you can upgrade oh. your skills and i think it's a yeah. really great way so again another option when when you might be going through life change or you just you know it's time to do something different you can dip in there well i did not know
1: this yes. so that is very exciting to me
2: yeah so two good things yes so, now let's talk about where uh, hardship happens what right. do you do you know again sometimes you're sitting and you've been diligent and you're sitting with this great savings in your in your RSP but again financial could be divorce again right mm-hmm. something happens and you know you are strapped for cash um, there is an option to go into your RSP. However, you're going to get taxed, uh, withholding tax, depending on how much you take out. Um, so I wouldn't advocate that you go in right away. This is where I would re- really suggest you go in and see an advisor and say, okay, here's my whole financial situation. I'm struggling on cash flow or I'm uh, overwhelmed with debt. Um, should I go into my RSP to pay it off? The answer may not always be yes because there may be an opportunity. Let's say you've got too much debt, there might be an opportunity to consolidate that debt. So, if it's credit card debt or high interest debt, consolidate, consolidate it into a loan at a lower interest and bring down your monthly payment so that you don't gotcha. have to dip in, right? Um, and so, there's a bunch of options to consider that an advisor can actually look at your full situation and say, you know, here's some alternatives for you to consider before you go into your RSP. In a worst case scenario, you know you go into it and 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 you you take out a small portion just to get you bridge you through so I want to take the complete fear out because I know in the financial services injury industry and I've gone through divorce and I've gone through uh, some times where it's like oh my god what should I do Um, you know you just think I can't touch my RSP I can't touch it and I'm just here to say that um, there's times where you know you might want to touch it but get some advice before you do that
1: right and I think I think with this one in particular you know uh, debt or loss of income it comes with some hang-ups, and yeah. I think people are uncomfortable talking about it, yeah. and they really shouldn't be because right. it's it's their money, it's their future, right? And yeah. you're not there to judge; you're there to help. I'm them.
2: so glad you brought that up because I'm always the first one to say, uh, if your advisor is judging you or making you feel uncomfortable, get a new advisor. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I also say, <laughs> if they don't give you a plan, get a new advisor. <laughs> uh, I'm very, very, in a, and I have sixty advisors that report into me, and so um, I think it's so important. And and at Meridian, this is this is what we hang our hat on is just making people feel comfortable at where they're at and we'll meet you where you're at you know on your financial journey and it's not always great right Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't feel embarrassed about where you're at and sometimes we're so hard on ourselves we see clients come in that are self-judging saying oh my god I'm so embarrassed like you can see them self-judging and yet they're doing really well but they've put this judgment on themselves saying I should really have more at this age and Mm -hmm. so we're here to say you know what wherever you are on your financial journey and that's what you you want from your advisor. If, if Absolutely. They're, if they're making you feel uncomfortable, or you just can't put it all out there, then you need to find somebody. And in order
1: to get through it, you have to talk to somebody who knows. Yes. And can show you it all because yeah. unfortunately, when sometimes when you're so thick in the weeds, yes, you you can't see a way out of it, right?
2: Yeah, and I share this story, so I'm in the business. And you know when I was going through a tough times, I couldn't see my way out of it. I needed someone to say, "What about this?" And I have an advisor because, right. and my advisor follows up with me on my RSP contributions and my RESP's and everything else because I'm so busy with life and and work and children that. Um, I don't do it for a living. I don't sit there and manage my own money for a living, mm-hmm. you think I would, but I don't. And so I need somebody to look after me. So I think everybody needs somebody that they can really count on and that can, through the good times and bad times, but to, to help you You know, financially. Oh, I couldn't mm-hmm. agree with you more on this one.
1: I think that's so important. Uh, so and then you can also help with the budget right mm-hmm. so people can see where they can cut back
2: yeah so you know the, the budget is such a scary word right mm-hmm. and so who likes budgeting nobody likes budgeting. no you know? <laughs> and so um, you know having somebody to sit down and give you some advice and say okay you know um, you have to do some work on it. And, and nowadays, it's so much easier, right, with the different apps that are out there and, and just uh, being able to, to group your, your spending. Uh, really, you have to get a sense of your inflows and outflows. And mm-hmm. sometimes we don't. It's so easy with debit right now, right? Oh, Yeah, it's so easy that we're just debiting and debiting and we don't know where our money is going. And it really makes sense um, to to pause and, and just even do this regularly to say, you know, what are my inflows and what are my outflows? Where am I spending my money? Um, because you might find that you're spending more than you have and that's so easy to do with with credit but especially debit because that's all we do we you know use our debits all the time well
1: right? I, st- I I stopped myself from going to costco the other day because i said I, yes. I i refuse to go to costco because <laughs> yes. i'm going to spend money i don't have yeah. on things i don't need
2: yeah 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 well <laughs> you know i i go into costco with the intent of you know just yeah you know, hundred bucks hundred fifty right. that's never gonna happen no it's three four hundred dollars <laughs> because this is such a great deal and oh my god I got to buy that right so I mean that that's exactly it because when you put yourself in that situation uh, it's hard to control it right so Absolutely. Um, these are the kind of things an advisor would do you go in they would help you with a budget and sometimes it's not again if you're overwhelmed in debt uh, it may not be an all or none it may not be I have to pay off all my debt and can't save there might be an opportunity like I said consolidate your debt and start putting money to words your RSP you know, uh, and take a small portion, and take a, get rid of the high interest payments, and then take a small portion and put it into an RSP. I also like to say though, um, I love painless ways of saving, and so my little tips are, you know, when you swipe your debit card, mm-hmm. uh, most financial institutions have that where you can say a dollar, two dollars goes into a savings account. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time, and oh, they, that's
1: a great tip. Oh
2: yeah, smart. You don't feel it, right? Yeah. So it just goes into a savings account, and again, again, when you are working. Off your paycheck, a lot of employers, you know, allow you to just take a portion off and uh, transfer it into an RSP program. Take advantage of those automatic savings plans that come right out of your account because then you don't have to worry about it. It's
1: painless. It's
2: painless, yes. Right.
1: So, where can people go to get more information?
2: Yeah, go to our website, meridiancu.ca, and uh, type in your location. You can find an advisor or branch near you.
1: Okay, thank you so much, Jealous. We're going to see a lot of you this year, so I'm excited. Okay, great. Saturday Night at the Movies is what she said. Film critic Ann Brody. Hello there. Yeah. What a do baby boo? I love ah, seeing you. I love seeing you. So I want to hear. What's are we gonna going to get on. into a fight today? No. I oh, don't think you okay. brought anything terribly polarizing.
4: Um, maybe, 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 maybe not. At the well, end. I will. Okay. Uh, okay. We'll see what happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, but let's start here. So uh we are talking about Bradley Cooper, who I think is adorable. Uh, Kate Blanchett, who is elegant, gorgeous. oh, she's just beautiful.
4: Runa, Rooney Mara, who is dark.
1: Who is? What's she been in? She's before? been
4: in um, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. <gasps> oh, okay. At the whole series, she's been in a ton of stuff. She's, okay, she's okay. very good.
1: So with Willem Dafoe and Tony Collette, they're all in town and they are shooting
4: Nightmare Alley, which okay. isn't something new. It's a remake of a 47 noir. So, and it's funny to me because on the splurge, on the blurb, whatever it is, they said, a corrupt con man. Well, (laughs) are there nice con men? (laughs) So this corrupt con man joins forces with a psychiatrist to steal money from people. So, but my point is, don't be surprised if you're going to see them somewhere on the streets. Oh, Don't harass them, but just nod. Yeah, be nice and welcome them to Toronto. They're going to be a here. very Canadian welcome. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what we want. Right, and um, they're here till I think around March third. Nice, nice. Okay, so
1: this movie, I have actually seen the previews for this, and I'm super interested. Oh my God. So, the assistant.
4: Oh man, do you know Julie Warner from I Ozark? Love, I love her. Totally different character in this. She works in this toxic male environment, a film production company boutique. Ella Weinstein in New York, and she's treated with such disrespect by the the guys that she shares an office with, by the bosses, and um, she discovers over the two months that she's been working there that the boss of this place is having her fly in young women from out of state with the promise of jobs. Leading to of Sounds course familiar. Yeah, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Sexual access. She can't do anything about it at the moment, but eventually she works up her courage. Now before that, the only way she knows this, she doesn't really say anything for most of the film. And she but she hears conversations, she sees emails, she sees she sees texts. It's all secondhand. So you see how that happens. So it all comes to her and then she says I'm going to the human rights person. She goes in, and, well, I'll let you see it. Okay, and next you have for us The Traitor. Yes, this is a two-and-a-half-hour film from Italy with subtitles, and it's about this huge case in Palermo, Sicily, the birthplace of the mafia, Cosa Nostra, and... Um, in which one of the members broke Omerta, which is the code of silence that is paid back by the Mafia by killing of your family. So this is a true story? This is a true story. Okay. Tommy Buschetta. Okay. So he decides that he's had enough and he's going to speak. Well, and then they come for him. His two sons are murdered. He finds his wife being hung and flown from a helicopter over the ocean for like an hour. And uh it's very dangerous, oh. so the two of them flee to the states. They move three times Florida, New Hampshire, Colorado, and they still find him. But he does the trial. It results in a mass arrest and imprisonment of all these mafioso people. Mm-hmm. But you know what did that stop? Wow. nothing it, it's God, I thought I was going to have a heart attack oh, I, you
1: you gave me a heart attack just yeah, describing it, right? Yeah. Yes. It's okay. a whole other world. So the next one we have here is Come to Daddy, a oh my creepy mixed-genre outing starring
4: Elijah Wood, Stephen McCaddy, and Martin Donovan. Whatever happened to Elijah Wood, who was Frodo Baggins? Here he oh, is. Oh, that's what he was, In yes. Vancouver, shooting this low-budget, horrible, horrible, uh, disgusting film. Okay, so we're just
1: going to literally say don't go see this.
4: Yeah. Keep a <laughs> wide berth. Just don't even bother. I love Stephen McCaddy, who plays his All drunk right. father, but... Sissa. okay tell me about uh honey boy with okay sheila
1: Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf. yeah am i saying that right
4: LaBeouf. yeah, yeah. it's his own story he wrote oh. it he stars in it he plays his own father he had a really rough upbringing he i lived... remember he
1: was was he not like the young indiana
4: jones at one point years, and right, years ago? right right and then yeah. he had total breaks right due, okay. to, due to mental illness so okay. and no kidding because he's super brilliant he grew up with a rodeo circus clown father, okay. who was a complete drunken manipulator. so he, and now this he was a child actor, so he had to basically run his own career. Uh, and he was uh, you know, damaged by all of this, and they were estranged. So this is his own script about um, about his childhood and about what happened later. And as a little bit depressing as it is, it's also extremely beautiful in portions and elegant. And I love the script, and I love his performance. And this little boy, Noah Jupe, who plays him as a child, is out of this world.
1: Okay, fantastic. So that's a a must-see then. That's
4: on Amazon Prime Video. Okay. And more father-son, the pharmacist. (laughs) It's what he said this week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So the pharmacist is um, a fellow from um, uh, New Orleans called Danny Schneider. His son, who was raised in a middle-class, conventional, uh, upwardly mobile family, dies during a opioids drug deal gone wrong. So the father decides to take over the investigation, do it himself. He flies in the face of all the authorities. He gets in a lot of trouble. You even find him a bit irritating. But he solves it. He finds the guy. And this is another true story. Yeah. However, that's not the end of it. He realizes that opioids are the problem here. And he, again, this one-man sojourn into that area, he finds an illicit pill mill that runs at night only, that hands out xeroxed prescriptions from a doctor who's on site to hundreds of addicts every night okay so he manages to so
1: i'm just gonna skip infiltrate a, you've got more on the blog but i'm gonna skip us to the end because i want to hear about this uh hgtv canada's new real estate hot market follows so you
4: are how do you feel about this show uh, i'm not happy about it <laughs> i mean it appeals to i would think i mean it's they probably say, but it's aspirational. They have these, these real estate people looking at multi million dollar properties and they're so um, jaded. They go into this massive house on Lake Simcoe and this kitchen. You'd give your eye teeth for this, for a third of this kitchen. They say, no, we don't like it. It's got to be upgraded. Right. And it's just so. So it's a little obscene. It's obscene, it's decadent. It, it, it kind of makes me mad. It's okay. very, I think it's going to be very polarizing, but I think people will watch just for that reason. Interesting.
1: Okay. I'm, I'm interested to see what the response is going to be. Thank you, Anne. As always, we're going to leave it there for now, but you can find more movie and TV reviews up now at she Thank you. Thank you.
5: Your link to what's happening on the weekend and a great variety of songs.
6: 1059 The Region,
5: your weekend station.
1: disease is one of the most significant public health issues in the world today. About 1 in 12 Canadian adults age 20 and over live with diagnosed heart disease. And joining me now to help spread awareness about CVD is Molly Fairburn. She's the Senior Medical Advisor of Cardiovascular at Amgen Canada. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I'm, I'm actually kind of curious. Diagnosed heart disease. So explain that to me. So is this like you're diagnosed after a cardiac event or can you be diagnosed
6: before a cardiac event you can be diagnosed before so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a tricky thing to explain uh, patients who have an event are automatically diagnosed with heart disease so right often it's this sort is of an a, easy in right? absolutely yeah, but not easy but you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> absolutely if you've had heart attack yeah. or a stroke those are kind of the key things that qualify you to have heart disease um or cardiovascular disease in general a heart attack of course is heart disease right other things that may lead you to have the diagnosis of heart disease but are not necessarily an event would be if you've had uh coronary buildup which means plaque in the arteries and sometimes this can present in patients as having crushing chest pain that doesn't go away they might get an investigation by their doctor they might be sent for um, like an echocardiogram or or other testing that's appropriate for them and that may lead them to having a diagnosis before they have uh, an attack. I was just gonna say so in an
1: ideal world you would love like to be diagnosed before to prevent having a larger event take place right Ideally. Yeah. Or at least, you know, have
6: your risk factors recognized and managed for sure.
1: Okay. So, heart disease is the
6: second leading cause of death in Canada. Um, So, who's at risk? It's a great question. I think all of us can look at, you know, our own selves to see what kind of risk we have. And everyone has a little bit of risk. But the guidelines say that there are certain groups of Canadians that are at larger risk than others. And when you think about cardiovascular risk, there's generally three ways you can think about it. There's the things that you can't change, which are things like your age, your gender, or if you have a family history. There's things that are related to medical conditions you might have. So if you have diabetes, chronic kidney disease, elevated cholesterol, or hypertension, for example, those are things that will elevate your cardiovascular risk generally. And then the third thing is lifestyle factors. So if you are um, at risk because you have metabolic syndrome, or your smoker, those are other things that would contribute to your cardiovascular risk. And
1: your diet, I, I imagine, is a large factor into that as well. So
6: is there a difference in risk between men and women? This is such a great question. Um, so men and women are both at risk, absolutely, of cardiovascular disease. Men do have more heart attacks in general. But the important things to know about women are that when women have a heart attack, their symptoms might not be the same as a man. A man might feel that typical chest pain or or arm pain, but a woman may present atypically, which means they may have things like back pain or nausea as their first sign of a heart attack. And actually, the statistics show women are often underdiagnosed and undertreated, even if they already have um, had an attack or have cardiovascular disease.
1: Would a woman be more likely, I don't know if this is true or not, but would a woman be more likely to dismiss symptoms? It's possible. Some studies have shown that. Right. I remember a great commercial with Elizabeth Banks I saw
6: that, actually.
1: It's a wonderful, she did yes. it a couple of years ago. She was a mom and, and she right. was getting ready. She just yeah. kept dismissing and brushing off yes. all of the uh, symptoms. So I thought that that was interesting. So
6: yeah. Amgen just conducted a survey about CBD. So tell us about some of the findings. Absolutely. I'm glad we did the survey. I think it's really important to look at this issue. Um, so this is a survey globally um, and actually conducted locally as well. So in Canada, we had 250 heart attack survivors. And we looked at their perceptions about their heart disease and the actions they're taking to reduce their risk. And in general, it was found that um, many heart attack survivors in Canada do have a really, uh, they're motivated to take action, Mm -hmm. but they may not know what actions to take. And in particular, they may not fully understand the relationship between elevated bad cholesterol or LDL cholesterol and their risk of another heart attack. And actually, February is World Heart Month. So we're trying to spread the word on the importance of managing your risk factors for heart disease and, and talking to your doctor to learn more. Okay. So was there a stat in there that surprised you the most? Yeah, actually, there was quite a few stats that surprised me. Uh, I would say the stats that kind of linked together in my mind that really surprised me the most were that, uh, first of all, a good stat is that 88% of heart attack survivors have had their cholesterol checked in the last year, okay. and actually most of those patients do understand that Elevated bad cholesterol plays a role in heart disease and future heart attacks. But only half of heart attack survivors know what their current cholesterol is or their target cholesterol. So there seems to be like a a lack of, it's almost like there's a disconnect there and there could be room for improvement. That is surprising to me. Okay, so 56% of heart attack
1: survivors do not consider high cholesterol to be a chronic condition. So another
6: disconnect. Totally. Okay, so why do you think that is? Why do, pe- why do you think people think that? You know, the, I think part of it could be uh, that cholesterol is a silent thing. You don't really feel it when it's elevated. You don't really monitor it uh, closely in general. And actually, the survey showed that heart attack survivors um, often don't look at their cholesterol levels. So only, I think it was 43% of heart attack survivors uh, don't monitor their cholesterol as a result of their event. So even though they know it plays a role, they're, they're not really paying attention to it. Uh, and also, 41% of those survivors said that they haven't had a conversation with their doctor about what cholesterol means for their risk of future events. You
1: know, I think we go in, we get those blood tests, we get the results back, and we just probably, you don't know what it means. So you yeah. just, you know, but yeah, we should be having those conversations. Absolutely. So how can people re- improve their heart
6: health and reduce The risk of life-changing CVD events. Yeah, this is so important, and I think in general, uh, kind of going back to those buckets of of risk factors I mentioned in the beginning. So, uh, talking to your doctor is the first step. We're all different; we all have different things that might be driving our cardiovascular risk, Uh, whether that's lifestyle factors. If you can improve on your diet, or if you can move a little bit more, if that's appropriate Mm -hmm. for you. Uh, If you're a smoker, reducing or quitting smoking, of course, is important as well. And managing those chronic conditions we mentioned. So cholesterol is a big one I mentioned that's related to heart disease, uh, hypertension or elevated blood pressure as well as you know diabetes if you have that. So those are some of the things you could talk to your doctor about to learn if those are driving your risk and if there's anything you can do about it.
3: okay
1: what actions can survivors take to lower the risk of another heart attack? So because great- does your is your risk elevated? So I've heard conflicts on this. So I've heard that after you have a heart attack, your risk is actually lowered because you're on medications, you're Mm -hmm. being monitored. Is that true? Or do you find that the risk is elevated?
6: Well, and this is a fantastic question as well. So the studies actually show that if you have a heart attack, your risk of having another attack in the next two years is actually 40%, despite being on appropriate therapies. So that risk is there. You're at higher risk. It's kind of that critical period uh, where it's even more important to talk to your doctor about how you can reduce your risk. Well, this is where lifestyle change probably comes in. Lifestyle, managing those conditions I mentioned, really having that conversation with your doctor about what it means for you. Okay. So if you're concerned about your cardiovascular health, you should obviously see your doctor. Yes. Anything else they should do? Um, There's definitely, like we mentioned, those lifestyle factors that are playing a role, um, managing those chronic conditions, trying to understand what their individual risk drivers are, whether that's cholesterol, whether that's, um, you know, maybe they could be more active. Maybe there's other things they can do that are... Related to their other medical conditions or things we haven't discussed today. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so where do you recommend people go to get more information? Of course, their doctor, um, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Heart and Stroke has really great resources on their website. So heartandstroke.ca, I believe, is the is the website. There's a lot of great resources there. So I'd highly recommend uh, that as a as a resource as well.
1: Okay, so since it's February and it is heart month, yes. uh, we hope everybody goes out and uh, takes care of their heart this month. So, Molly, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure oh, to thank have you. you. I hope
3: you'll come back. Me. Yeah. I'm a survivor, what? I'm gonna make it. What? I will survive,
0: I keep what? on surviving. What?
1: What you're listening to is a brand new track from Filipina Canadian rapper Han Han. And get this, not only does she rap, but by day she works as an operating room nurse in downtown Toronto. Welcome to the show. Hi. I'm so glad to have you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Fascinating to me. So I want to know what's your side hustle? Are you actually like, is being a nurse (laughs) your side hustle or is
3: rapping your side hustle? Uh, Rapping is the side hustle. Oh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was curious. I'm like, wow,
3: that is so cool. They're so so wildly
1: different, yeah, different. passions. You,
3: you could say that, but it's actually complementary. I would say they're not opposites. They're really? complementary. Uh, how so? Um, I started out music as just a ha- hobby and some sort of like a safe space for expression and catharsis. So okay. I think everyone needs that <laughs> for your own mental health. So it's kind of related to healthcare too like art therapy so so how long have you been doing this um since 2009 yeah so I started before I was a nurse so okay and so
1: sorry how long have you been a nurse
3: since 2011 okay nine years okay I don't know (laughs) amazing (laughs) 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 I actually just came from a night shift Oh, I have to come here. Okay. <laughs>
1: so uh, you may fall asleep on us during mean, the interview, I mean, probably not. <laughs> I don't know. So how do you balance the two because that must be difficult. I mean, it, you know, you so are you are you exclusively days as an operating nurse or do you do shift work? I do shift shift work.
3: And, right. um sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's not. It depends on how you manage um your time and I'm not I'm really good at saying no to things too that doesn't. Yeah. So it's just a matter of prioritizing. So you sing almost
1: exclusively in Filipino languages rather than shoehorning your ideas into translation in order to cater to English speaking audiences. So why do you feel that's so important?
3: Well, first of all, it's the languages that I'm comfortable in expressing myself with. And I'm an artist, so I have to be, if you want to stay authentic, then you have to speak in a language that you're comfortable with. And also in Canada, I find that we always uh, pride ourselves with diversity and multiculturalism. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's important, and I believe that it has to reflect in the music scene as well and the sound that we hear in the radio or in the mainstream so
1: okay so your songs grapple with social issues and your experiences as a woman and an immigrant mm-hmm. and you just released your sophomore album Congratulations! <laughs> Thank so
3: you. what was that process like for you this time around it was a bit easier than the last one less anxiety and I already have kind of like an idea on what to do um, it's the first one was a bit experimental <laughs> this one is a bit right. and I already have like a concrete um, concept on how to go about with this album so it was it was we did it in a whole year okay amazing just one year
1: so you're gonna perform for us right now and you're gonna uh, tell us where people can find you online and listen to the new album
3: um yes it's all it's available in all streaming platforms um Spotify iTunes Bandcamp um you can find me on Instagram I'm mostly active in Instagram at (laughs)
1: Indaihan okay wonderful so that's it for what she said this week we'll be back again next Saturday at noon right here on 105.9 the region be sure to follow us on all social media on what she said talk and singing us out right now here's Han Han in our live studio sessions
3: performing Baba Eka all right (laughs) it means you are woman it's actually a woman anthem song so wonderful
0: babae, ikaw ay isang silu nga sa buo mo na olam buhay galak nagbibigay ng direction sa nawala mahalaga kumare nakamamangha ang bihag mo ang ganda na hindi lang sa dikit ng iyong mukha kundi pati sa puso mo't kaluluwa Mga lalaki sa iyo'y sumasamba Naaabas sa iyong dangal, e ano ba? Aminin na, sabihin na Ang ganda ko, no? Ang ganda ko 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 Sino'y panalo? Sino ang diwata? Sino ang hari? Ang, ko, ang bakunawa? Isang between? Makapangyarihan? E ano ba? Aminin na? Babae? mus na sanggol sa iyo mga pisig Hubog sa iyong pagmamahal Ikay maghisig Bumangon ka Sa pagkada pa Kumare Ikaw ay inaasawa at anak Kasuyuan, kapatid at kaibigan Ika'y pinuno, mamamayan Tagapagtanggol, isang sandigan Eh ano ba? Aminin na Sabihin na, ang ganda ko no Ang ganda ko, ang ganda ko no Ang ganda aminina, ko, ang ganda ko no Ang ganda ko Ang ganda ko na Ang ganda ko Ang ganda ko na Ang ganda ko Ang ganda ko na Ang ganda ko Ang ganda ko na. Ang, ganda ko, mm. ang, ang ganda ko, mo ang lipunan eh Ikaw ay ilaw ng sambayanan Salawahan man ang bansa bansag eh. Sa wala mo, ikaitapat. eh, Hindi lang ilaw ng tahanan Ang papel mong ginagampanan Nasa kamay mo ang lipunan Ikaw ay ilaw ng sambayanan Babae ka, lumaban ka Huwag kalimutan Babae ka Ang ganda ko, na, Ang ganda mo Ang ganda ko, na, Ang ganda mo Ang ganda ko, no Ang ganda mo Ang ganda ko, no Ang ganda mo Babae ka Lumaban ka Mahalag ka Babae ka Babae ka Lumaban ka
3: Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure—